listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Well, I want to say hey to everybody who's joining us online. We're glad that you're with us wherever you're at. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to finish up this series we've been in. This is the fifth week now. It's been called The Voice, where we've been talking about trying to set our lives up as best we know how so that we can actually hear the single most important voice that you will ever hear. Now, in your lifetime, and you know this, you're going to hear tons and tons and tons of voices, way more voices than you can ever even acknowledge or would ever remember. A lot of them will be background noise to you. Some of them you will love. Some of them will have deep significance in very positive ways. And some of them, and I know many of you feel this way already, some of them you wish you had never heard. And that's true. I, I, I hear people say this sometimes, like, I wouldn't change one thing in my life. I wouldn't change, you know, they look back, I wouldn't change one thing. But I have this feeling that if we had known the pain that some of the voices that we listened to and responded to would bring into our lives, I have a feeling that we would have never listened to them in the first place. Because no voice, no voice is without significance. All voices have a message. They have significance. But here's the deal. If there is a God, and of course this is a Christian church, as followers of Christ, we believe that there is a God. If that God loves us, if he's for us, if he wants the best for us, and by the way, we believe that too. If those things are true, then there is no other voice that you will ever hear in your life that could match the importance of God's voice. Anybody give me an amen on that? Let me say it again because I want you to hear. There's no other voice. You will hear so many voices in your life. You get them all the time from politicians to news, media, social media, all this stuff coming at us. But there's not a single voice that has the depth of importance, the meaning, the wonder of the voice of God. And so the idea is that we actually, we actually are listening for God. And that we're hearing him because hearing his voice changes everything. So let's start with a question, all right? I just want to get you thinking. And here's the question. When do you think was the last time you heard from God? I'm not looking for you to respond audibly, but when do you think was the last time that you heard from God in some way? I'm not saying it was an audible voice, but you had an impression in your heart. You felt like God was speaking to you. When was the last time? Let's just break it down, okay? So I'll give you like a, a, a little list to say, was it in the last 24 hours? Or maybe was it in the last week? Or was it in the last month or more? Or maybe some of you would be brutally honest and just say, I'm not sure I've ever actually heard God in any way speak to me. Now, some of you won't be comfortable with this, and you do not have to do this. Just put your head kind of forward and down, and people will know you don't want to talk. But if you're willing, what I'd love to have you do is turn to a person next to you and tell them when you think, when you think was the last time you heard from God, in the last 24 hours, week, month, or more, or maybe never. Just turn to him right now and tell him, when was the last time you heard from God? Be honest. Be honest. You don't have to tell him what he said. Just tell him, you know, when, you know, when was the last time you heard him? I, I, would love to be, I would love to be able to hear so many of the conversations. My guess is, is that there were a number of you who said, well, it's in the last 24 hours because we had a listening time this morning. I felt like God spoke to me. And some of you probably said you were just really, truly honest about it and would say, 
I don't know if I've ever heard God speak in my entire life. I don't know if God walked up to me on the street, if I would even know what his voice was like. I don't think I've ever heard him. And I understand both those responses. I can relate to those things. And it leads me to a second question. And this question is directed specifically at those of you who said, it's easily been a month or more. It's been, it's been forever since I heard God, or I'm not sure I ever heard him. And that question is very simply this. Why do you think that is? I think this is important to think about. Why do you think it is that you've never heard from God or maybe that you haven't heard from him in a long time? Why? Now, you should know that the thesis for this series, the contention that we've made throughout this series is, is that we believe, and this is biblically founded, we believe that God is speaking. That he's actually speaking in an ongoing way all the time. God is speaking. The question is, not is God speaking. This is what we've been contending. The question is, are we listening? So why, why do you think that is? If God is speaking, if that's true, if that contention is true, and you may argue that, and I, I appreciate that, but if it's true that God is speaking, why is it possible that you haven't been hearing from him? Because God wants you to hear from him. Now, I want to be clear on this. We, we did not do this series, and I'm not doing this message in any way to shame anybody or kind of guilt you or make you feel bad because you haven't heard from God or, or you haven't been hearing from him lately. Really, this is all about a challenge. And the challenge starts by challenging myself. Look, you want to know the truth about me? I, I'm a pastor. I get paid to do this. How awesome is that? I get paid to think about this and process it and do it. I mean, I get paid to stand up here and, and, and talk, and it's hard for me. I find sometimes I feel like God seems like he's almost a million miles away. You know, I know I get up here and I say all this stuff, but it's like it can be really hard. And, and the thing is, is that what the challenge has been is to say, okay, we have to make the decision to set our lives up intentionally so that we're actually open to hearing from God when he does speak to us because we believe that God is speaking and that we can hear him if we're actually listening. So on this last weekend, I want to hit on something that uh, from my perspective at least, I think there's something all of us need to hear and be reminded of with some regularity. And it has to do with what I would describe as kind of a basic philosophy of life, how you see and respond to life. And I think it'll either keep you open to the voice of God or it will pretty much keep you closed off to the voice of God, depending on how you go with it. And to get there, I want to read a lengthy portion of Scripture where Jesus speaks, and it's found in Matthew chapter 6. Now, I'd love to have you grab a Bible. If you brought it, you can open your Bible up. If you don't have one, we have them in the chairs, uh, like behind or under the chairs somewhere, you'll find a Bible. Or open your phone Bible app up and go to Matthew chapter 6. And can I just say, if you have a smartphone and you don't have a Bible app on it, they're free. Get a Bible app. You, have, you can carry Scripture with you all the time. And open up then to Matthew chapter 6. Now in the Bibles that we have, that's page 679. And I'm going to read, this is from the Sermon on the Mount. So the most famous sermon ever given. Jesus is preaching. And we're going to pick up and as I said, read a lengthy portion of this because I think it speaks to a basic philosophy of life that is real critical. Picking up now at verse 19. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves what? treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your, say it, heart will be also. Let me read that again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye, Jesus says, is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one, love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not, what's the next word? Worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who was a king, filthy rich king in the Old Testament, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow's thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Will you have little faith? So don't worry saying, what do we eat or what do we drink or what do we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as as well. Therefore, do not, what? Worry Worry about tomorrow, for uh, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day, Jesus says, has enough trouble of its own. Now, if you want to keep your finger there, I'm going to be coming back and referencing that uh, as we go through this talk. Jesus spends quite uh, quite a lot of time here talking about what I would describe as kind of the basic everyday kind of stuff that you and I so often get lost in. I would describe it as our money, and that would mean the pursuit of it, the working towards it, the handling of it, the figuring out how to invest it or how to use it or how to save it or whatever it is. The stuff, so money, and then stuff, and that would be anything that money can buy, that money can buy or that we can get as a possession, number one, and then number two, as an experience. So it could be either a possession or it could be an experience. So money and stuff, possession or experience, and then the anxiety that seems to be underlying with so much of what happens in our lives often as it pertains to those experiences or that stuff. In fact, I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, I wonder if we looked at a percentage of our waking hours, how much time we spent either trying to earn money, get money, save money, keep money, do something with money, spend money, and then the stuff that we own, taking care of it, dealing with it, all that stuff, and then the experiences and the pleasures that money can or stuff can bring us. If we piled all that up and then you add the underlying anxiety that often goes with a lot of possessions and over-the-top living, I wonder what that percentage would be. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I'm not even sure I want to know. I think it might be kind of depressing to realize how much we get sucked into thinking about this stuff being consumed by money, stuff, and anxiousness. 
It's, it's, it's an interesting thing when you think about it. Now, of course, a lot of it's just plain old practical, right? I mean, you have to earn a living. If you're an adult, you're going to have to pay the rent. You're going to have to feed the kids and, and pay the bills and all that stuff. So you got to do all that stuff. You got to take care of that. If you're a student, you got to go to school. You got to study. You got to work towards getting good grades. There's all these things that come at us in, in, in our lives. And then there's just the, the things that happen in life, you know, that keep coming at us, that keep us thinking about this stuff. I mean, just small things can seem small on the one hand, but big on the other, like your car breaks down. Now you think, okay, your car breaks down. You just get it fixed. Big deal. But it's not just that simple. Have you ever thought about how this works? Your car breaks down. So your first thought is, where do I take it? What mechanic do I take it to? And do I really trust them that they won't try to upsell me on everything that I don't need? And then where am I going to get the money from? And how am I going to get the car to the mechanic? And then how am I going to get there to get it back? And how am I going to get to work when I'm not? And if I have to ask somebody to give me a ride, are they going to be mad at me? And it's like, there are so many things involved. Your car breaks. It seems like the smallest thing in the world. And you're sucked down into this vortex of all all these things that you get focused on and the angst that can come with it. And that's just one thing, just one thing. And they just keep rolling into our lives. And here's the deal. This is what happens. With all this stuff coming at us and all these things we get sucked into in daily life, it can seem, I mean, it can seem like God is a million miles away. It can be really hard to actually hear God speaking. And as I said, I'm I'm talking about myself, first of all. I'm, folks, I'm a pastor, all right? I do this for a living. But I trust me, because I know some of you are like, yeah, you get up here and you tell us we need to hear from God. Blah, 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 all that stuff. But in everyday real life, it is hard. I totally know what you're talking about. And I struggle with it like everybody else does. In the last month, our basement flooded. Our finished carpeted basement completely flooded. Now, I'm not going to bore you with the details because the truth is most of you probably have, if you're homeowners, you probably have a better basement flooding story than I do because that's like one of those things that's common to, man, it's a democratic experience. You have a house, you have a basement, you're going to have it flood at some point, but the basement flooded. And what I can tell you is, is that it's resolved. The cause of the flooding has been fixed. The basement is now dry. It will be fully restored. It will all be fine. But here's what I can also tell you. The day that I found out about it, I was here at the Hastings campus getting ready for a board meeting. And Ann calls me about 20 minutes before the board meeting and says, I hate to bother you. (laughs) Whenever she says that, it, it can't be good. It cannot be good after that. She said, I hate to bother you, but the basement is completely flooded. And I'm like, and it's so funny because I look back on it now, and I went from a reasonably easygoing Pooh Bear attitude to Eeyore, just like that. I just, my life is horrible. I'm living in hell. I don't know why this is happening. Why is this happening to me? Does anybody know what I'm talking about, or is this just me? It's like, it's like I went from, like, things are going well to the basement's flooded. Ah, I just wanted to cry. And you'd say, well, you know, it's not a big deal. You just got over it real quick, right? No! I carried that around for days. Every time I'd look at Ann, I'd look at her like, you're the problem. (laughs) Come on, husbands, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, you kill the messenger. Yes, you do. And I just carried this around with me. I'm like, ah, I can't believe it. And it's such small potatoes. And I look back on it now on the other side of the resolution and getting it resolved in the basement dry and it's all done. You know, I mean, we have some work to do, but it's, I mean, no big deal. And I look back and I go, why did you get so upset? This wasn't even hardly a speed bump in the road of life. I 
You want to know the answer? I don't know. I mean, that's the truth. I don't know, but I did. And I'm guessing a lot of you know what I'm talking about. Come on, is there anybody in here? Because you're looking like angels right now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And in those times when you're just going like, ah, why is this happening? My life is just like, I can't, nothing's going my way. It's like, it's so hard to hear from God. It's like, where are you? Why didn't you you stop this from happening, you know? And, And then, and this is what's so amazing, is then here's Jesus, who is God. He's giving his take on all this stuff, on our, our, the, the, the consuming things that happen in our lives, our money, our stuff, the, the, the anxiety that comes with it. And it is absolutely countercultural, completely countercultural to the way the world kind of directs us to think. The call of the world these days is to what I would describe as an almost insane level of activity. You got to get, you got to get, you got to get, you got to do, you got to do more. And so you got to do, I got to get this done, I got to get this done. And you get that done. And then you're over here and you got to get this done. And when you're done with that, you're exhausted, but you still got to get this done and this done. And everybody talks about how much they have to do and how, how overwhelmed they feel. And this is our life. This is the culture that we live in, is that it's kind of insane. Got to get, got to do, got to have more, got to have more experiences. We're, we're pushing ourselves right to the limit. And we are and you know this, the richest culture that has ever existed in the history of the world, and it doesn't seem to make us very happy. Have you noticed that? It doesn't seem to be doing anything for, apparently more and more and faster and harder and getting more stuff and doing more things is not the answer because it's not making us happy. It's clearly not working. But it's like we can't hear that. We push ourselves. We push ourselves. I, I see people like this all the time and I see it in myself sometimes. I look in the mirror and I have that, like this frantic look like if you don't get this thing, this, 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 and this done, if you don't get these things taken care of, I mean, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're looking real innocent right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Just your phone. Your smartphone that you have in your pocket, or some of you are cruising through Instagram right now. That's fine. I don't care. You, know, just, you can ignore me. That's fine. But you're, you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you get that phone out, and it won't hook up to Wi-Fi, or it doesn't have enough bars, or it's moving slow, or something like that. And you're just like, ah, ah, you just look at that thing. <laughs> have you ever seen that look in the mirror yourself? It's like, I want to kill you. You're talking to it like it's a living thing. And you're furious and you're angry. And we have that, so many of us. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. How did our ancestors live without the smartphone? How did they? Because we act like we can't exist without this stuff. And then as I said, here's Jesus' voice kind of coming in this relaxed, calm way saying, I have a different perspective for you. I want you to see it differently. I want you to think differently than the world tells you. The world tells you, go faster, get more, stress more, all this stuff. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Come here. Come back here. This is a path. And this is healthier for you. I know because I'm your designer. Come on, come on back here. Take this path. And I can guarantee you that the path you choose, and I know we can wander in and out of these different paths, but if you don't want to hear from God, just keep going down that path the world calls you to. And you can pretty much be assured you won't. But if you want to hear from him, you need to step back. This is basic philosophy of how we do living. And you follow his path. And so what I want to do today is, it's kind of silly almost in a way, but it's like, I, I want to do a verses talk, all right? 
it, it, it's kind of like, you know, my version of a, a big-time wrestling smackdown, okay? And here it is, just, just real simple, and it is the idea of the world's voice, what I'm calling the WV, versus God's voice, the GV. The world's voice, what it tells you and calls you to, what it, what it pushes you on, versus what God says based on the things that Jesus said. Let's ju- jump in. Here's the first thing. The WV, the world's voice, says, get more, get more, get more. It's almost insane to me, and I know some of you will disagree with this and say it's always been that way, but I don't know. It seems ramped up to me. It seems like everything is more, 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 more. Everything's got, and it's not just big stuff that there's got to be more of. It's like everything. Ann was, uh, my wife Ann was telling me about a, a, a segment that she heard on NPR. And uh, they were talking about, some of you may have heard of this, have you heard of fast fashion? It's, it's the popularity and the rise of certain clothing stores, for, for example, H&M. Many of you are familiar with H&M? Some of you are like, oh, I love that store. But the idea behind the success of stores like H&M is this, is that they're involved in what's called fast fashion. So they produce super creative, super cheap, super fast products, clothing. Okay, so the idea is, is that you come in, these are not quality items, these are super cheap. They're very clear about that. These are creative and they're cool looking, but they're super cheap so that you can come in and you can buy some clothes and you can take them and wear them two or three times and then chuck them. Because after you wear them two or three times, it's like you want something new. You want something more. Because I've worn this rag for years now, and I'm tired. And you had it, you know, bought it a month ago or whatever, but I'm tired. And some people say, well, I would never throw clothes away. Okay, you take them to the Goodwill, whatever you do with them, recycle them. But this is what's happening, is that people go and they, they buy these things, and they wear them a few times, and then they just, they just get rid of them, and they go back and they get more. Because there's something that's driven in us. We want more and more and more. And so where they said there used to be, you know, two or three fashion cycles in a year, now they're saying there could be 16 or 17 fashion cycles because they can get you to keep buying, and it's more, and it's more, and it's more, and it's more. And that's the voice of the world. And it's not even in, just in clothes. It's in everything. Oh, my gosh, it's, it's in cooking. Now, I mean, you think about it. It used to be when we cooked, we'd try to, you know, we want, want it to taste good and, and, and be reasonably healthy. My generation never cared as much about that, but you want it to be, you know, taste good and everything. And, 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 and I mean, it used to be chocolate cake. You made a chocolate cake. No, these days it's more and more and more. Now it's called better than sex cake. I actually took this off the internet. And I seriously doubt this, all right? That's just my personal opinion, but... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... It can't just be chocolate cake. It's got to be better than sex. What do you got to do to a cake for that to happen? Some of you are gone. But that's, that's the way of the world. The world is perpetually saying more. More, more. The only way you'll find satisfaction is more, more, more. That's the WV, the world's voice. But the GV, God's voice, says something different. It just simply says, relax. Come on, relax. I can almost picture Jesus going, 
stop a minute. You step back. Now you just relax. Let's take a look. We'll go back to this scripture that we read, and we'll pick up in, 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 in verse 19. This is what Jesus said. He said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and, and, and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. And then he says, he tells us really why. He says, for where your treasure is, there will there your heart will be also. In other words, whatever you treasure, whatever you greatly value, there will be where your heart is. And the idea behind this is he's not saying that we can't have stuff. He's not telling us that something more is horrible. He's telling us that the chasing of it destroys our hearts. It wrecks your heart. And it's true. You know this. Because when is it enough? When is it ever enough? You know, how much more do you need? What's the answer? Just a little. But that will be the answer after you get just a little more and just a little more, and it never ends. And here is the problem with this. Jesus doesn't say this to deprive us of stuff, to say you, shouldn't, you, you should live in aesthetic, you know, just kind of step back and, 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 and not have anything. He's not saying that. He's saying you don't chase it because when you chase it, it wrecks your heart. Why? Because no matter how much you get, it will never bring you any kind of true satisfaction. You will have a momentary buzz from the most recent purchase, that newest set of clothes, whatever it is, but then it leaves very quickly. Come on, is that true? Very quickly. And then you're never satisfied. But that's your treasure because more is your treasure. So Jesus says the problem with that is, is that that's where your heart will always be. So your heart will always be in a place where there is no peace and no satisfaction ever. There's just the gripping and grasping for more. And so what Jesus says is, relax. I can almost see him if we would just could see his love for us and that he's kind of grabbing us from behind by the shoulders and pulling us back into himself and putting his arms around us and just going, just relax. It will not bring you the satisfaction and joy you thought. It won't do it. And the beauty of this, and this is what's so wonderful, he's not saying we can't have stuff. He's saying you can't chase it and have joy. And the reason that we need to know this is because if you are a follower of Christ, now listen to me, some of you are not going to agree with this. That's all right. Right, if you are a follower of Christ, right now, in this moment, you have enough. All right, that was really good preaching right at that point, and you kind of missed it. Right now, right in this moment, you have enough. And I know that some of you are going, you don't know me. You don't know what's happening in my life. You don't know the needs that I have. You don't know the things that are, I'm behind on, the things uh, you think I have enough. I don't have enough. Listen, I understand how you can feel that way and how you can say that way. And I understand how the thinking goes because I struggle with it myself. But what you have to understand is, is that if you believe there is a God, if you believe he loves you and he will help you, then you have enough right now because you have God. And it changes everything. The psalmist writes about this. This is Psalm 23, verse 1. Many of you are familiar with this 23rd Psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Would you read these three words out loud with me? I lack nothing. In fact, why don't you turn to the person next to you and just say, you lack nothing. All right, come on, just do that. 
I know some of, some of you are, you're, you're looking at your husband or your wife going, you lack nothing, so stop. <laughs> stop shopping. And she's like, okay, so no bass boat for you. All right, we'll talk after the service. We'll, we'll work through this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I mean, you just think about that for a second. If I'm one of his sheep, that means that I have everything that I need for right now. And if I don't have it, I don't need it. Oh, there's something so powerful in that when we can grasp that. And as I said, this is easier to preach than it is to live. And I wander in and out of this too often. But if I don't have it right now, I don't need it. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I think, I think we really philosophically have to say this. We already have all we need. We already have all we need. Man, if we could get that, if we could get that, I think if we could embrace this truth, it really would change us because when you're clear that you have as much as you need right now, now listen, listen, this is so good. Every new thing that comes in is then a gift. Every little bit of more that you get, every day, everything, every event, when you know I have all that I need, I have enough right now. When something new comes in, it's not because you demanded it. It's not because you stink and earn it and you've worked for it and you, you deserve it and all that. It's, it's, it's a gift. Now hang with me here because this is so powerful. It is a gift that you can then delight in. You can delight in it. You can delight in the life that you have, the day that you've been given, the stuff that you have right now. Anything new comes in, it's like, oh, I didn't need this because I had everything I need, but this is awesome. Yay. Can I ask you a question? You just think about it. Is it possible that you've stopped finding delight in life? I know I wrestle with this. So uh, my wife Ann goes over to the other side of the state almost every single week to watch two of our grandchildren, Grayson and Natalie, pretty young, so much fun. And I don't get to go uh, except for periodically because, uh, you know, my job and everything. But she graciously will send me pictures and videos. And they remind me life is, it's awesome. So let me show you one she sent me. This is Grayson, our two-year-old grandson. Can I just ask you a question? When was the last time you did that? I mean, when was the last time you did that? Well, I couldn't, I ruined these shoes. I got them at H&M. Well, I guess I could throw them away. They were G and G. What, I, 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 when was the last time you just delighted in a mud puddle or something in your life where you just said, this is no, but it's a gift. It's a delight. It's a wonder. And I think so often we just miss this. If the Lord is our shepherd, we can do what God's voice says. We can Relax. And some of you are here, you just need to hear this. You just, you're so tense. I don't know if we're going to get that house. I don't know if we're going to be able to get the car. I don't know if I'm going to get this job or whatever. Relax. You have enough right now. And it's so much more enjoyable when, when you know that and then stuff comes in and it's a joy and it's something to delight in. It's a gift. Listen, that doesn't mean you don't, 
have to work hard. You can work hard. You can come up with cool stuff. You can create. You can do all that stuff. But you don't chase it. You do not chase it. You just relax. So, so here's another one. Whereas the world's voice tells us, get more. I'll tell you another. And God says, relax. Here's another one. The world's voice will tell us, you need to be anxious. You need to be anxious. We're hearing that from every direction. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're, what, what kind of media you're listening to. There's somebody talking about how this politician is bad or that way of thinking is bad or this thing or that thing. And there's all these things. It's like everywhere we turn, there are voices telling us, you should be scared. Do you realize what's happening right now? Do you realize the, the weight of this? Do you realize how terrible things are? It's on and on and on. It's just, it's almost insane, really. And, and the world pushes us with deadlines and demands, and it tells us that if not everything is right, then nothing can be right. And so we feel this anxiousness and this pressure. And some of you, this, this equates into something that's like anger for you on an ongoing basis. So you, you go to a restaurant, and, and, and they're, you're going to a place where people are going to bring you your food, they're going to cook your food, they're going to clean up your mess, but because the service is a little slow, you get so angry that you can't enjoy this food that they bring out in front of you, which is good food, but you're just furious because I paid for this food and this service is slow and I'm going to leave a review on this place, I can tell you that. And We got all this attitude and we carry this kind of anxious anger around with us and it's, it's almost insane, really. And it's like what happens is, is that when we carry it, it spreads around to the people around us. It's almost like an infectious disease that just seeps out to the people around us, which is just insane. We carry this anxiety. It's like the guy, you know, I, I heard the story about the guy that went to, to, to uh, work and his, his boss just reams him, you know, he's like, if you don't get this project done on time and if you don't start changing, you're not going to have a job. And he's yelling at him, he's being mean to him. The guy's all discouraged by it. He goes home and he yells at his wife because he's so frustrated and she's wounded by him. And so she yells at their daughter and she's wounded by mom and she yells at her little brother and, and the little brother goes out and kicks the dog and the dog bites the cat. And I appreciate what someone said. Wouldn't it have been easier if the man had just gone home and bit the cat himself and kept everybody else out of it. But this is how it works. You, you can't stop it from happening because it seeps out of you. The world's voice says, you need to be anxious. You don't get this right, it's going to cost you everything. And this is such a damaging thing. Everything feels like it's falling apart. It feels like it's, it's, it, it's, it's destroying us. But then comes God's voice. Remember what Jesus said? And, and here it is. Are you seeing a pattern here? The world's voice says, get more. Be anxious. God says, relax. Relax. Let's go back. Verse 25. If you want to follow in your Bible, I'll also put it up on the screen. Jesus, again, speaking here. This is what we read. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds there. He says, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, aren't you much more valuable than they? And then he asks this great rhetorical question. He says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And the answer to that question is No. Some of you just need to hear this. You're just walking around fretting and worrying everything and filled with anxiety. You're listening to the wrong voice. At a very basic level, God is saying to you, look, look, stop that. Stop that. Relax. Don't go in that direction. This, this is the thing. I think when we get in these places, 
where we feel this anxiety kind of creep up on us and we're stressed. We're like, I've got to fix this. I've got to, I've got to take care of this. It's got to, I've got to change. You know, we need to listen for him. We need to understand that he, really, that he really actually is saying, relax, it's not that big a deal. I think we need to remind each other of this. I mean, this, th- I, think, I think sometimes it's an attitude thing. We need to remind each other that if God is our shepherd, then whatever this is, this is good. This is good. I heard a guy tell a, a story about an African king. And this African king had a really good friend that would go hunting with him all the time and hang out with him. And this friend was like the ultimate positive guy. Because anything that happened, whether it seemed good, bad, or indifferent, he's always like, this is good, this is good, this is good. Well, one time they're out hunting, and the friend loads the rifle for the king. But he misloads it, it misfires, and it blows the thumb of the king right off. Blows his, cuts his thumb right off. And the king's holding his bleeding hand, he's going, this is bad, this is bad. And the guy goes, no, this is good. And the king goes, no, this is bad. And he has him thrown in prison. And he's there for a year. And then the king is back out hunting with some other friends. And they're out and they're captured by cannibals. And the cannibals take them back to their village. And they tie them up to a post. And they're putting wood on them. They're going to roast them for dinner or whatever. And then the cannibals notice that his thumb is missing. And because they're superstitious and they don't want to have anything that isn't whole, they cut him loose and let him go. And he's walking home. He's going home. He's going, oh, my gosh. He said, I, this, this happened, but, but my friend's been in prison. So he goes back and bails his friend out of prison. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this happened to you. He said, he said that you've been in prison for a year. And the guy says, no, no, this is good. He goes, King goes, what is wrong with you? This is what he always said. This is good. Why is this good? You've been in prison for a year. And the guy looked at him and said, because if I hadn't been in prison, I would have been with you and I have both my thumbs. <laughs> I think sometimes we, we just need to change our attitude. This is good. I mean, if God is our shepherd, whatever it is going on, it's good because God is our shepherd. I lack nothing. I got enough. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to live with a spirit of anxiousness. I do not have to. Last thought, the world's voice says this so much. It says, run faster, run faster, run faster. And you hear it. It's always pushing us. It's always pressing on us. It's always there. But let's go back. We'll pick up at verse 31. Again, read some of those words of Jesus. Uh, this is what he said. Okay, maybe I'm, I missed that one. <laughs> it says run faster. Okay, so anyhow, we run faster all the time. And then God's response is, is this, of course. It is, say it with me. In fact, just look at the person next to you and tell them that, all right? Just. Now, if you think you have to wake them up to tell them don't, they're already relaxed. The world tells us, run faster, run faster, run faster. Some of you, listen to me. Some of you, listen, listen, listen. You are running so fast, you feel such a sense of angst. You're grasping for more stuff. You go to the airport, and you see on the board that there's going to be a two-hour delay, and you throw your arms up in the air, and you're just furious, and you're frustrated. You are about to fly through the sky like a bird. But you're just ticked because you can't get there faster. Come on, is that true? Let's just be honest. And God's just coming back with the same voice again saying to us, relax, 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 relax. I was thinking about this. um, When he tells us relax, well, let's just look at what he he says here. He says, says, don't don't, don't worry. This is verse 31. Don't worry saying what do we eat or what do we drink or what do we wear. For the pagans, I underline this because I want you to see this. They do what? 
They run after these things. Your heavenly Father knows you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things are going to be given to you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Some of you are here to hear that. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself, Jesus says. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think what he's saying is instead of running, 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 try reflecting and being aware that I'm your shepherd and that it will be okay. So God's voice says, relax, relax, relax. Remember I read from the 23rd Psalm where Jesus, uh, or where the psalmist writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. But I want you just to look at this next part because this is so powerful. Verses 2 and 3 of Psalm 23. Talking about the shepherd God, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I saw this picture and I just thought, some of us need to be brought back to this. Quiet waters, green pastures. Relax. I know that's a big paraphrase, but I really believe that's what God's saying. Come on. Relax. I am for you. It is okay. And you need this in your life. And I need this. We need to be reminded of this. I'm mostly just preaching to me on this stuff. And you know what I bet? I bet you know people that need to hear it. I bet you know people that are far from God who desperately need to hear God's voice instead of just the WV. You know, that's why we encourage you to invite people like to weekends like Easter, anytime really, but, but Easter is such a powerful time because Easter and Christmas are the times in this culture people are most likely to actually even consider going to church. Invite them. Invite them. I challenge you to do that. We have a table out in the lobby. It's got, it says ready to invite by. We've got cards. Give people cards. Who knows what God might do? Who knows? You might invite three people and only one of them actually shows up. Just do it. Invite them. You can see we've got tons of service times over Easter. Starts on Thursday, goes all the way through Sunday. Pick up some cards and invite people. Invite them. And let's, let's see what God does. I hope you'll talk about it in your life groups. I hope you talk about it in Fusion. I, I, I hope that you'll be doing that. All right, blah, 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 over. Let's stand to our feet and we'll close with prayer. And we'll have people in front who'd love to pray with you if you need prayer after the service. So God, now in this time, help us to walk out of here with our heads up, with our hearts aware. You are our shepherd. So we can relax and let our souls be refreshed in you. And I thank you for helping us with this. We give you our hearts again in Jesus' name. Let's say together, amen. Amen. Have a great day.